What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 82 of the podcast. I'm your host, Peter Fessy, joined, as always, by my very good friends, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And DJ, the Content Lewis. What's up, people? How's it going, boys? Not bad. Busy week. Good, yeah. Not for news, just personally. It's been... <laughs> It's been a really busy week, yeah, for for uh, us as people, and like I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in forever, even though it's literally just been since the last show. Yeah. <laughs> but usually we talk like every other day. It's been weird. Yeah. So how you guys doing? Good. Yeah, I'm I'm getting through. I'm exhausted today, like absolutely Me shattered. Too. Yeah, we all we all <laughs> so, are. The energy is going to be this, considerably uh, this, yeah low. Key. It might be like the most chill, mellow episode <laughs> we've ever done. But we'll no, 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 not possible because as Steve uh, jokes, whenever I'm not on the show, I had to do a line of coke to get ready for the yeah. episode. So I'm, I'm here. I'm putting. I'm gonna give you guys. I'm telling you, I've got about ten yeah. percent left in the tank, and I'm giving you a hundred. All right. <laughs> so let's let's go. <laughs> uh, because despite the fact that there is very little news this week, uh, we are of course the podcast, LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast, where we are here to talk about all things Nintendo, and I'm excited to talk about all things Nintendo, even when that's very, very little. Uh, but thankfully, we've got some great questions from all of you who wrote in for our MailPot segment, just like you can if you want to go and join our Discord and join the podcast channel, or write in to me at PeteAtLoopPots.com, like all the fine folks did, uh, who will have their, their thoughts and questions peppered throughout the episode. Uh, that is the best way that you can uh, connect with us and get involved with the show. If you want to get some more content from us, remember you can head over to LoopPots.com, visit the YouTube channel, visit the Twitch channel. Uh, we've got all kinds of great content all over the web, so um, you know if you enjoy the show here... Uh, but you're not familiar with the other stuff that we do, go check it out. And uh, last but not least, if you want to show your support, remember that you can head over to patreon.com slash lootpots, where if you hit us at that $1 level, you'll get access to our Patreon-exclusive show, After Dark. Uh, Last week, Steve, myself, and Chloe did a very special spoiler cast about The Last of Us 2, uh, which is a Game of the Year contender for all three of us, uh, despite there being some debate about uh, certain elements of the game. Uh, but I, I loved that discussion. I thought it was a great episode. So if you want to go uh, check that out, again, it's a buck. And you get uh, access to the entire library. I think we've got 45, 46 episodes, something like that. So, uh, yeah, we record it every week after the show, and we talk about things that aren't Nintendo. So if you want a little bit more content from us, that is the best way to head over there and uh, get, some, get something a little extra, help us keep the mics on, and uh, you know, support the show. So uh, that's enough shilling for now. Let's hop into what, we, uh, what we're playing this week. For me, I have not played any video games for the first time, like in a week for the first time in like, I don't know, probably all of 2020. Wow. Usually we can like scrounge up something to say, but. <laughs> this yeah, I mean like I, I might I might have played like one game of League of Legends, yeah. but I don't even like quite remember. Um <laughs> I've been. Uh, I mentioned on the show last week, and I'll I'll briefly plug again. Uh, my band, Long Friend Time Friend, uh, at LFTF Band on uh, on Twitter, um, is currently working on uh, an album, and uh, we're going into the studio in August. We've got a Kickstarter live right now, uh, which you can go check out. Um, it's like linked on my my Twitter and everything. And uh, I've been doing a lot of practice and prep work for that and everything. And I think we'll probably talk about that on After Dark this week. Um, so. Uh, that's kind of been where most of my my attention's gone lately. Has been getting uh, getting a practice and and play some music, which has been really fun. And uh, it's got me really really eager to get into uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which as of recording today launches tomorrow. Uh, so I'll probably have some thoughts for you guys on that one uh, next week. Okay, cool. Yeah. Speaking of League of Legends, though, did you see that like AOC kind of added herself as a League of Legends yeah. player? Yeah, dude, because she's a bad motherfucker, all right? She's awesome. She also went on a Twitch stream a, a long time ago to talk about how much she liked Donkey Kong Country 64 and say that trans lives matter because AOC kicks ass. So. <laughs> she went on random Animal Crossing uh, island visits, too. While yeah, we were streaming, too. Dude. I was trying to like get her to come to whoever's like, island. Yo, we AOC, <laughs> come through, come through. <laughs> I saw this really funny tweet, uh, though, that, like, as a League of Legends player, cracked me the fuck up, where it's like, can you imagine being AOC and, like, dealing with, you know, people's vitriol and, like, hatred for you all fucking day and then coming home and loading up the League of Legends solo queue? <laughs> what a fucking champion. I know, it's like, literally <laughs> toxicity the entire day. It has to be, right? <laughs> She must just thrive on toxicity, yeah. man. It's like your hate nourishes me. <laughs> <laughs> it's good shit. 
Uh, so yeah, I uh, not too much for me this week. But again, if you want to support the Kickstarter, I've been tweeting about it. Um, go check it out. Thank you for your support. A uh, couple of I know a couple of uh, members of the team and a few of the listeners have been sharing and already showed your support. Um, so thank you so much. It really means a lot to me. Uh, so Steve, you've been playing some more CrossCode. Yeah, last week a bunch. you had only kind of gotten into the beginning. You had positive first impressions. Where are you at now? What are your kind of updated thoughts on it? Yeah, so I'm now like in the main crux of the game. So before it was kind of like I was just out of the training area. So I'm now like out into the world of um, of the of the game, the like MMO, the in-game game. Yeah, the in-game game. Um, so and I, I'm I'm still loving it. It's great. It really is great. Uh, the combat's fantastic. I've unlocked like all of the abilities now. I've got like the skill tree I can work through and I'm progressing through. That I kind of have some kind of concerns with the skill tree itself. Like I don't know, know that it's entirely necessary to have a skill tree in a game like this, but um, it's there nonetheless. And I've been leveling up to be able to go to do the second dungeon. So the first dungeon, I think. Uh, is kind of like the training dungeon you do. I'm on my way to the second one, but I've been progressing through doing a bunch of the side quests, which are really fun. Um, and they're, they're like always what doing... What are the side quests like? Are they like more story motivated or are they kind of like... Some of them are. Most of them, mo- most of them are like, and they joke about how it's basically like an MMO quest. So one of them, I had to go get ice for someone um, so he can make ice cream. And the the guy who I'm, like, on the phone to, like, who's, like, helping me through the game is just like, man, why couldn't they have just made the ice a valuable asset rather than the ice cream? Like, we could have just got the ice and that would have been the end of the quest. We wouldn't have needed to go give it to the man to buy the ice cream. <laughs> so there's, like, loads of those, like, in-jokes and stuff. And then, like, yeah. I spoke to someone. Cool. I spoke to someone who was called, like... Um, uh, generic NPC or something who just like is just like isn't it a lovely day today or something <laughs> so there's like those are those like funny funny little jokes which are good um, I've just actually joined a guild in the game so it's like as part of the story you like join this guild um, which is like part of the MMO but um, I don't think you get the option not to do it uh, so I'm not sure where that's going to progress but I'm having a lot of problems with crashes at the moment, which is a shame. I've had three or four crashes from the menus themselves. So uh, at a point in the Does game... Does the game autosave? Like, has it been a problem of you losing progress or anything? Or is it just... No, I've never lost any progress. The game autosaves whenever you change uh, areas or whenever you do, like, a, a specific point or, like, something changes. Like, when you, if you pick a new item up, it seems to autosave the game then, which is fairly frequently. Cool. But the crashes... Have been occurring for me on the bota- on the botanics menu. So at some point in the game, you get told by someone that you need to like cut down the plants in order to uh, scan them and find out what they drop, and she'll like give you items and things for it. Um, but I can't even access the botanics menu to find out my progress because when I go onto the botanics menu and then I try to change the area from one area to the other to find out what the types of plants are in that area, it crashes and the game just completely clo- it freezes for a while and the game just closes. Uh, so like I'm hoping every that time or every time the... I can't, oh, I can't so that's access like a, that like menu a at all. Issue. Like other people are experiencing yeah. this. So I'm, I'm hoping that that is fixed. The other thing that really annoys me whenever you bring it out of sleep, the music is just like going for a good 20 seconds before the, oh the music restarts which is really annoying um, it sounds like there's like a lot of optimization problems there are yeah and yeah. uh it doesn't save any it seems to save any of my settings either so when i go from like when i come back to the game haven't played another game all of my settings i've saved and the one in particular i've changed is screen size so like uh, some TVs do overscan, and so to accommodate for that, you can like shrink or make the screen bigger. But my, I've set my TV to not have any overscan. But by default, the game assumes that you do. It doesn't use the Switch's built-in overscan option. So I've got like a massive black border all around the screen, unless I go quit the game, go back into the settings, and change that setting every single time. Oh, that's annoying. I go back to play the game. It's that's really, really, really frustrating. Um, but playing it handheld, you don't really have that problem. Um, and I, I'm still have having you noticed to... the glitches are happening in handheld and docked, or is it like they're definitely happening in both? I've had the crashes in both handheld and in docked. Yeah. Um, sucks. And the same with the music, I've had it in both. So the the glitches seem to be 
the same. The frame rate's not that bad. It's something you can live with. It seems less to be the rate, but more the, like the the timing of the frames. Like it just it goes stuttery rather than it like bit feeling like laggy, which is is like skipping frames rather than it just slowing down the frames. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of miss what's happening, and like a character can jump from one side of the screen to the other, which is a bit of a, an issue. But it's all stuff I think they could patch, and it doesn't really detract from what is a phenomenal game. So far, I'm having an absolute blast with it, and I'm definitely going to persist with it. I'm still really, really interested in it, Um, but I remember you kind of talking about that, and like they've been talking about how they have a patch in the works and everything. So I kind of think I'm just going to hold off until they get it optimized. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Especially especially because I want to play Ghost, and like that comes out tomorrow, and that game's apparently huge. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I'm the person who's going to, like, try to complete it, but apparently, you know, you can kind of you know, get the platinum within, like, 40 hours, so it doesn't seem like it's, like, insanely huge, okay. but I could see myself, if I fall in love with it, kind of doing what I did with Horizon, where it's like, yeah, I'll do all the side quests just because I want to keep playing. Yeah. Yeah, so. I don't I don't think I'm picking up Ghost of Tsushima. I don't think it's my kind of game, but I'm interested to hear what you think about it next week. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely have some thoughts on it. Um, I'm very much looking forward to like just getting a night to myself tomorrow. I'm just mm-hmm. like, cool. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna sit quietly and play this game. You know, <laughs> it's really what I need right now. So, Deej, you've been playing some uh, Donkey Kong Country on Switch Online, which uh, we talked about last week. Like, was just coming to the platform. Um, you're a big DKC guy, right? Yeah, uh, the original, which is what's on Switch Online, is a game that I usually replay once a year. Um, nice. And I grew up playing it, so you know it's one of those games. You know, you have sentimental value. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's been great to go back to it this way. It's a game just like you know virtually all retro games that benefits crazily from save states. Um, oh my god, yeah. Because you don't have to like wait for Candy's save barrel. And you know, which is like maybe two in each world, and it's just like okay, great. If the if like a level's coming up and I know it's tough, I could just you know save state and be done with it, and you know keep trying it without having to game over. It's great. Um, But the thing I'm looking forward to the most is hopefully playing online uh, co-op with uh, some friends. So if anybody wants to play some DKC with me, let me know. Because dude, I'm we should stream. We should oh, really want to. I'm totally down. I I was uh, talking about it with uh, with Danny in the Discord, um, and he's thrown out his garbage Zoomer takes about how Donkey Kong Country is not good, and I was like, mm, I'm pretty sure you're in what like universe? an idiot for saying that, but <laughs> but like I also haven't played Donkey Kong Country one or two in I don't even know how like probably like, I don't know, 15 years or something mm-hmm. like that. It's been a long fucking time since. All I of them are them. amazing. Um, so I'm like, I'm saying, let's go. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm ready. But yeah, I recommend you want to be D- You can be DK and I'll be Diddy. But see, that's the thing. Diddy's my main. Like I can't. All right, fine. I'll be DK. I'll take that. Diddy sacrifice. is so much like more like, um, light and just the movement is so much better. And Donkey yeah. Kong is like heavy and, uh, like I can't. That's why I like him. Well, like I can't, I feel like I can't make a jump. <laughs> like that's my problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same reason that I, uh, I used to prefer playing Luigi. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very similar. I would like equate it maybe to like a like a toad in a Mario. Toad's usually like really sure. fast, but yeah, I, I, the point stands. I mean, it's you know, Diddy Diddy is superior is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, so let's jump into the news. Um, we've got a follow up from last week's show, which is <laughs> it's real funny. So <laughs> Nintendo fans are like just so mad this week. They are so mad this week. And I'm sure some of you in the, the listenership here are so mad this week too about this. And uh I hear your anger. I just I I'm thinking I think it's so funny what happened. So alright, so let's I'll catch you up. I'll catch you up. So last week, uh like at the end of the show, we kind of had the breaking news that there was gonna be uh a Nintendo treehouse. And that WayForward uh, Games was going to be having like a bit an, an announcement uh, to be working on like a third party title. Um, so obviously, I think on last week's show and you know throughout the week, we were um, all kind of or not throughout the week, I guess, because it was the next day. But um, for for that evening, we were all kind of thinking, what could it be? What you know, what could that what could that partnership mean? And like, there are plenty of examples of. Uh, 
third party studios working on a third party IP that was exclusive on a Nintendo uh, platform, specifically on Switch. We saw that with like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, like, you know, just a year or so ago. Uh, so it seemed like a big deal. And of course, the announcement was uh, a, a, a Bakugan game called uh, Bakugan Champions of Vestoria, which uh, is a Nintendo Switch exclusive. But obviously, I think a lot of people had a pretty negative reaction to that. I think uh, people our age, a little bit younger and obviously older, all have no relationship and no real knowledge of what Bakugan is or, or like, what it's about or, or why we should give a shit. Um, and I know uh, we had been talking about it in the Discord after the fact and kind of joking about it. And there was just a reboot of the franchise uh, within, like, the last two years, so... Um, I, you know, I, I'm sure that that is like kind of playing an element and everything there, but, uh, what did you, what did you guys think of this? Like, what was your reaction to the news and, and, and I guess the reaction to the reaction? <laughs> I mean, the reaction to the reaction is what it always typically is for me, which is like, not every game needs to be for you, but the way Nintendo handled it originally, you could tell that they fucked up and they knew immediately they fucked up because they had to <laughs> with that reply to yeah. their tweet which was no 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 it's not a nintendo ip it's a it's a different one it's a third party one but even then people were speculating like third party to who like is the third party to way forward does that mean it could be a nintendo game still and it was like no this this is not what i think anyone anticipated i literally had zero idea what bakugan was like no idea i had to I, google I, it the only thing I know about it, like, I don't, I couldn't tell you any of the details or anything, but I remember as, like, being, like, a teenager and, you know, maybe I'd, like, occasionally throw on, like, uh, you know, like a Nickelodeon or a Cartoon Network to watch, like, a show that I had a connection to from when I was younger or whatever, and I remember seeing commercials for it, and I remember, like, the kids holding the toys and, like, throwing them, and then, like, they would pop out into monsters, mm -hmm. but I don't. I don't really know like what the lore is or any of that kind of stuff. So when you're like, okay. oh, it's a Bakugan game, I couldn't even tell you like what that would or, be. Or like the names of any of them. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, or anything like that, right? Where it's like even something like Yokai Watch, like I can be like, oh, it's a, it's like a monster RPG, like cool. Like this, it's like I don't. It kind of looks like that, but I don't quite understand it. Like it looks like monsters fighting, right? Yes, yeah, like monsters you catch, but like it, it's like. It reminded me of Pokemon, but like not. Like I don't I don't really know what to compare it to. Yeah, so there's a there is an official blurb here. It says the game will center around an all new original story in the franchise's signature Bakugan brawls as players befriend powerful creatures known as Bakugan and customize teams for fiercely strategic strategic head to head battles. So it sounds like Pokemon or Monster Rancher or Yokai Watch or whatever, you know. But But uh, what a way to announce the game i mean it's just so weird yeah like, i i think i think steve's right to say that it's like they clearly made made a mistake to be like oh like way forward's got an announcement coming tomorrow it's like maybe don't hype it up like maybe just you know like i feel like if they had just shown that in the treehouse it would have been like okay cool this is news and you would care about it or you wouldn't but when they're like we have an announcement they're working on a game wait it's third party wait it's a licensed bakugan game it's like hmm wasn't, not wasn't good. Was not a good look because yeah. literally everyone was like, "Metroid is a Metroid game." Seriously, we're finally gonna get a Metroid game. But like, as with what a, a, like Metroid fans are just used to it now, and they, and they must all be just heartbroken every single time <laughs> they get their hopes up that they're just smashed immediately. I know. <laughs> I feel so bad. <laughs> Poor Metroid fans. Uh, that actually. <laughs> I'm going to uh, pull a question out of the mail pot here. This one comes from Trendy Brandy, who wrote in to me at Pete at Lupots.com, just like you can, and said, Howdy, Pete, Steve, DJ, Pixel, uh, Chloe, AJ from Fanatics <laughs> 4, any combination of those names. I've got a question Nailed for it. you. I appreciate you covering covering your bases there, Brandy. <laughs> uh, with Way Forward revealed to be working on a Bakugan game, which looks both less frustrating and less fun than the Wii game I played years ago at a friend's house, I've been thinking... What are your guys' favorites, li favorite licensed video games? If someone says SpongeBob, ask them for another game. <laughs> for me personally, I'm gonna 
I'm just going to get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me personally, I'm going to have to go with Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People by Telltale Games because it was basically just five long episodes of Homestar Runner. My runner-up is Lilo and Stitch GBA, which mm. definitely instilled a love of running gun gameplay in me as a kid. It's a much harder game than it sounds. Love always, Trendy Brendy. First of all, shout out to Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People by Telltale Games. I love Homestar Runner, and yeah, that game is rad. Like you two must be able to guess which game I'm gonna say is my favorite. Toy Story license. Two. Yeah, it's Toy Story Two. It's my like my favorite game as a kid. Yeah. It's like my favorite licensed <laughs> game as well. It's awesome. And uh, and uh, the Disney skateboarding Disney game. Skate. Yeah, <laughs> Disney Crayola skate adventure. Scoot. Oh yeah, Crayola Scoot is classic. What a great question. I I love this question um, because most of the games I grew up with were like licensed games. So you know Aladdin, um, Lion King, Jungle Book. All those games. Did you pick those up on Switch when they re-released them, the Aladdin and the Lion King? Uh, yeah, I have it over there. It's sealed still. I haven't opened it yet, but eventually I plan on it. <laughs> of course. It. Yeah. One day. <laughs> One day. <laughs> I say that, and three years later, you know. Still sealed. Uh, when you say, like, favorite, because, like, there, there are definitely a lot I've enjoyed. Um, like, I was into some of the Dragon Ball Z games when I was younger and stuff like that, and my friends and I... Uh, mess around with a bunch of those those fighting games when we were younger and whatever but like i think it really comes down to like good superhero games for me like batman arkham um asylum and arkham city are both like two of my favorite open world games or arkham asylum's not open world but um arkham city is one of my favorite open world games and i really loved asylum i didn't really care for night um and then obviously uh insomniac spider-man was phenomenal uh in 2018 but there's a lot of spider-man games i really like uh the original um i say original like it was the first spider-man game the 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 game that was just called spider-man that never soft made uh on the playstation and the n64 uh is one of my favorite games from my childhood as well that game rules um and I, I definitely dug a good amount of licensed games when I was younger, like Crazy Castles, uh, which is like a weird licensed game that like has a different cartoon character as the main character, depending on which region you live in. Um, but the one I played had Bugs Bunny as the main character and stuff. Um, and like a bunch of other random stuff, like the Lord of the Rings games on the Game Boy Advance, I remember really liking. You know, there, there used to be some good license there's games. like like especially retro games i feel like we're like the peak you know what i mean these days i don't know but like back in the day and now you don't really get them anymore yeah you no, know it's like now if you get them you they're get really them. good usually the, the only place you always get them is lego games they're always yeah. always the same though like just yeah, i've never played them i don't even know i mean they keep making them people they're keep not bad them, to be honest you know i mean they must they're be fun. okay they're f- they're really good for people who um they're really good for people who don't play video games, who want something to do, and you just yeah. want to like introduce them to video games, because it's usually one stick, one button, and you can just do everything. It's like move with this and smash things and do everything with this one. That's nice. And it's like, it's a fun like chill game to play multiplayer. You mm-hmm. know, like because there's no real. It's just a collectathon. You know, and they're like the stakes are low, but it's a good time. Definitely a good time. Uh, all right, so next one is, uh, speaking of Legos, Lego has announced the NES set, uh, which so is, excited about this. That looks so what good. the fuck, man, this thing is crazy, so it's like, uh, and crazy whole... expensive as well, yeah, it's $230, so it ca- costs as much as a Nintendo Switch, <laughs> um, which is absurd, uh... I-, I really kind of thought it was going to play games. Me and too. I was like, if it plays games, then it would be <laughs> like unrated. I don't know how. But... It just I, I expected that too. Uh, but it, it is it is a really cool set. I'll admit it comes with a um, like an old school television, uh, an NES, a controller, and a Mario Brothers cartridge. Um, and you can like like the TV has World One One, mm-hmm. uh, like as you know the screen basically, and you can like. Move the Mario through it and everything. No, you it's crank very cute. you crank the side and it plays the level. Mario bounces up and down on it. It's yeah. so fucking cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And like the, um, the NES is totally to scale as well. Like it is a hundred percent like one to one scale of an original like NES. Yeah, I really legitimately want this. 
Me too. It's way too much money. So much money. It's so overpriced. Yeah, but if they, I, I would imagine these will sell crazy money on the aftermarket. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they're really cool. It's a really, really cool set. Um, it's just like I can't spend two hundred and thirty dollars on Legos. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm planning on buying this as a present for Macaulay because Macaulay loves Lego, and then I'm just gonna appreciate it on my shelf, and I don't have to do any of the nice. hard work making it. So Buy great. me one as a gift so I can have it. <laughs> uh, Since you're just throwing them around, get Steve, two. you might as well yeah. toss one my way too. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, as if you ain't got your pre-order in already. Oh, I can't, I can't do that. I have the other ones, you know, the, <laughs> the ones that were first announced. I still have a pre-order. In I'd those. rather have this than the other I set. I agree. I agree. Me too. But if you get the other set as well, you can put Mario on top of the TV. And when you crank the handle, he makes all the noises. When you go over the coins, he goes, oh, that's so cool. Wow. That's really cool. Um, This is like the nerdiest thing ever. It is, by the way, because it's like no child is gonna want this. What is no, that old thing? It's <laughs> like these. This is exclusively for old <laughs> old boomers like us. With that, price I think that's too, mainly yeah. who buy Lego sets these days. <laughs> yeah. Kids don't play with Legos, <laughs> but like like the resale value and all that stuff, like the hardcore aftermarket Lego stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like all you know. That... But Lego do this annoying thing of keeping their prices artificially inflated mm-hmm. by retiring sets after a set period of time yeah. so you can only buy so them money. for a limited amount of time and then that's when it goes on the black market yeah it is how you make money but it also encourages scalpers and it's yeah. really annoying but it also encourages you to buy it right away because you're like i want it i can't yeah, one person it buys again. like 20 of them and they're like all right you know we sold 20 all good <laughs> what happens Great. after that yep. we don't care out of sight out of mind it's crazy yeah, that this absolutely. isn't anywhere near the most expensive Lego set either, and it's two hundred thirty dollars. Yeah, right. Like you, like I don't even know. Is that is like in comparison to more expensive ones? Like, is this the right price point for that Lego yes. set? Okay. Mm-hmm. I bought uh, a big truck, uh, the Mac Anthem truck for Macaulay for Christmas, which was like a hundred and eighty pound. But that was like on a deal. It should have been like two hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. And it's a similar number of pieces. They usually price it based on the number of pieces. Okay. And this one is 2,700 pieces. So it's like quite a lot of plastic. (laughs) That is insane. Uh, All right. So hopping into our next story, uh, keeping keeping up with the Mario trend. Um, We've got some news around the Mario 35th anniversary, um, which includes some rumors. Uh, So there was a bunch of new merchandise that just got uh, shown off actually um, today, earlier today, uh, including like a new Monopoly set and like a Jenga board and all all this other stuff, um, which is cool. But the the kind of thread that I think is a little bit more interesting is uh, Video Game Chronicles uh, published an article this week where they had one of the readers pointed out that there is a... Um, at Super Mario 35th account that was registered on Twitter, and it has a, a recovery email that um, seems to be uh, pointing to the Nintendo.co.jp uh, domain, which is the Japanese Nintendo website, of course. So um, it was registered in March, which lines up uh, with the report of the Mario remasters that were going around at that same time. And um, it's also been noted that the Japanese Smash Brothers and Splatoon accounts are registered to a a very similar email address. So they obviously couldn't be identical because of the way that Twitter works. Um, You can only link one um, account to a Twitter account so or one email address to a Twitter account. But they're very, very similar in their, you know, like layout and everything. So it could very much point to the idea that they maybe use like a certain naming convention when they're making these kind of dummy emails to set up promotional accounts and stuff like that. Um, So obviously just a rumor, like not anything to, to really go on too much. Um, Aside from the fact there was also apparently one for F zero as well, which uh, was just getting some attention um, right around the time that we were, were about to go live. Uh, to record so it you know i think we we all seem pretty convinced about the super mario 35th 
you know, like news that's been conf- confirmed that we haven't, you know, seen yet. Um, what do you what do you guys make of this though? Like, do you feel like this is legit? Do you think that the F Zero thing means anything? Like, probably where you at with this story? the Mario one, possibly. I don't know about the F Zero one because that popping up like with the Mario one. I feel like somebody could have just, I don't know, can't, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but can't you just kind of, oh, here's a domain, it has, you know, it starts with an N if you go to um, recover the password, and it has the same amount of letters as Nintendo, and yeah. I could just yep. make this, and, you know, when you go to recover the password, it'll say the same exact thing, and it has the weird A, 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 A thing, which I don't remember ever yes. seeing that, like, before the Mario one. Yeah, to clarify what GJ's mentioning, the if you go to the Twitter handle, it's at Super Mario Thirty Fifth. Um, the name is just like a series of A's, which seems like a weird thing. Yeah, so I, I don't like possibly the Mario one. I, I don't know about the F Zero one. I'm not sure. I can kind of see yeah, both I of them being you. a hoax. Honestly, oh yeah, like, absolutely, absolutely. I'm more convinced by Mario, less convinced by F Zero. I just don't know that they would need a separate account, though, for it. They've already got the Super Mario accounts all set up. Why would they need a specific Super Mario 35th account exactly. with zero followers when you've already got a Mario account with millions like, of followers? And, like, they've already done stuff for the 35th anniversary, so it's like... And did they do one for the just, 30th it, anniversary? I don't remember a Twitter account for the 30th anniversary. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing smells a little fishy to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I could see it, I guess, especially because of what we could potentially be getting, and there's a lot that needs to yeah. be promoted for that. But yeah, it is a little weird, for sure. Uh, so moving right along, we've got another rumor. Um, <clears throat> this one comes from GameRant.com. Uh, there's a an unverified promo image that was making the rounds this week uh, that points to a Tomb Raider collection. Uh, called Tomb Raider the Ultimate Experience. Reli- and uh, uh, It's called Tomb Raider the Ultimate Experience, and the graphic says, Relive Lara's Greatest uh, Adventures in One Ultimate Package coming August 27th. And it's got uh, Xbox, PS4, Switch, Steam, and Stadia listed. Um, so, I mean, obviously seeing like an image like this, it's it's tough to, to like comment on the veracity of it. Um, cause it's like, you know, quoted that it's, it's like a leaked image, but there's no, there's absolutely no evidence to back that up. Uh, aside from the fact that it, it's something that makes sense, right? Like the idea of a Tomb Raider collection makes sense on paper. So does, I feel yeah. like you're like, oh yeah, that could be real, but I that's was... really the only thing we have to go on. Um, but we did want to bring it up because obviously, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I know Steve, you had another wrinkle that you, you kind of wanted to introduce to the the conversation. Yeah. Well, there's two things really. The fact that I'm, I've been surprised that Tomb Raider never made it to switch already. It's been running on the Nvidia shield for years. So I don't understand why they never released it on the switch. It's the same hardware. Presumably it could run, um, this, I guess, may be true may not but i don't think it's um because we don't know where the source of the image was from it's not like that um i can't remember who it was but they posted out a picture on their instagram with the uh the gt the gran turismo 5 logo a few months ago before gran turismo Mm -hmm. 5 even got announced or whatever it was and it was like what the hell's this it's like oh we just made that up um but this one it just seems to have appeared out of nowhere so it could have easily been photoshopped and just sent to game rant as a, a leak um, but I really hope it is true. I've been saying for ages that I, one of the characters I'd love to see come to Smash is is Lara Croft. I think she'd be a great addition, especially with her like sure. t- twin pistols. And if she's on Switch, it gives more of a incentive for Nintendo to add her. And it seems to be that Nintendo are the ones. I think they said Nintendo are the ones picking all of the new characters for this new Fighters Pass. Yeah, I think the only thing that gives me pause about the idea of Lara um, making it in is just that, like, obviously, Western characters are really not represented, you know? Like, like um, Banjo was and is the only character who was created by a Western studio. 
We just got um, Vault Boy as the the me costume, which I yeah. guess is, isn't the same, but no, right? Like it, you know, I I I think that's different because they have also had like Cuphead and and Sans from Undertale and great, but you know, um, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, that's one that like I'm not I'm not totally totally sure about. Um. But I am going to use that as an opportunity to jump into another question from the Mailpot this week, which comes from uh, Zade, who wrote in and said, What's up, podcast crew? Hope all is well with everyone on the show. My question this week is regarding the rumored Super Mario 35th anniversary remake slash remaster package. Excuse me. Do you think Nintendo would actually remaster every single one of the rumored games? Um, He has a typo here. Remaster one, maybe two, and then the other. Okay, so he's basically asking, do you think Nintendo would actually remaster every single one of the games or do one or so and then the other ones would just be ports? I still think they're all ports, personally. I agree with Steve. I, yeah, I, I don't the think they would. No, I don't. But I would like, as much as I would love to see that, what I would really prefer them to do is just port all these and work on Super Mario Odyssey 2, personally. I... I'm not sure, cause I I think I think the idea of them doing a a remaster of Super Mario sixty four makes more sense to me, because like um, Sunshine and uh, and Galaxy both have HD models or like HD capable models. Um, so you could up res those games and make them look really nice and not really change anything, um, which is, like, kind of what they did with, like, the Wind Waker remaster, where it's, like, you know, they made little tweaks here and there, but by and large, like, the game is the same. Whereas 64, you'd really need to change because the game's not in widescreen, and, you know, it would definitely be more of a reimagining, even if you don't really touch the mechanics that much. Um, but I feel like... That makes more sense to me because you kind of want them all to feel cohesive. It's like when they had the Super Mario All-Stars collection and they have, like, you know, the the remastered version of the original Super Mario Brothers where it was, it was just 16-bit instead of 8-bit, um, but it's the same game. I, I, think, I think that's where I – that feels like that makes more sense to me. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised at all if it's like what you guys said and it is just a – Here's all of them in one collection on one cartridge for sixty bucks, and that in and of itself is a good value. Even if they did a remaster, I would want the original one there as well. I would want to be able to experience that original game as it was intended, personally, because I think people have nostalgia for that. And if that's what this collection is for, it's celebrating thirty-five years of Mario. I kind of want it untouched. As well as also having that HD version that's remastered, that's in one. I mean, in a perfect world, screen. yeah, having both would be great. But if I had to pick one or the other, I think I'd rather have a remaster. Oh yeah, I would mm-hmm. too. I mean, I would, even I if they just gave have me a better camera controls in '64, yeah. like I would consider I that see a them remaster. Doing that. Yeah. It's like it's basically like what they did with Ocarina and Majora's on the 3DS and like Star Fox, right? Where it's just yeah, like, hey, I, let's take this I don't this really game. consider those remasters. I consider those like enhanced ports. I think that's probably where I'm at. Is we're gonna see like enhanced ports, better controls. You know, those aren't really enhanced ports though, because like they're not the same models. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's new art assets and improved controls. And, like, that's basically what I think this is going to be. Like, I don't think it's going to be, like, a from-the-ground-up change. Okay, so you're, like... on, it is a, you're talking about a remaster, then not a remake. Because I know there was rumors that it was going to be a remake, like a Final Fantasy VII style. We've started from the ground up with the Super Mario Odyssey engine, and we've, like, recreated the, the worlds that were in 64 in a brand-new engine, completely fresh from the ground yeah, up. Yeah, no, like, that is what I'm thinking would happen. Okay. That's but a like, remake, in my opinion. Yeah, case. yeah, right. Like a remake, but not like a like. It, it's like what we did with the Crash and the Spyro games, you know, where it's like, yeah, like here, like these oh, yeah, games, that's, that's like, you can't you can't just stretch them out, right? Like their assets don't run in widescreen 1080s. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that would be why I would think if they were going to do that, that's the only game they would have to do that for to really make it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. 
So you're saying that like instead of have like assuming they're putting in all of this work for like three massive games, you're, you're saying hey, the only not like real work, but like most of the work is going to be making 64 that way, and then Sunshine and Galaxy are a lot easier. So it's you could have like this enhanced port. Yeah, that 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 yeah. would be what. The, I hope so. I hope you're right because that would be awesome. That to me makes sense because like I don't feel like you need to like what would you change in Mario Galaxy aside from just being like I'd want them okay, to cool. rip out any need for motion controls. Sure, but I mean they don't even need to do that. Like you have the the Joy Cons, yeah. not on like, Switch Lite. Plays. Not What's on the light. Yeah, not, you true. don't on Switch Lite though. They're gonna yeah, need to do something true. to get it to run on that. And Sunshine needs some work to figure out what they do with that an analog to click. Thing for mm-hmm. flood, so yeah. there needs to be some work on it, all of them. But you're right; the the most of the work needs to be done on uh, sixty four. That's that's at least my gut feeling, right? Like, obviously, I'm not a, mm-hmm. a dev or whatever. Yeah, I could see it. I could so, see it. Grain of salt. Uh, he said, "P.S. Pete, glad to hear you still want to continue playing Persona Five Royale amongst all the other games you have going on." Say. Yeah, man, uh, I am real excited to get back to Persona. I just think after The Last of Us, I like really I took a bit of a break and kind of just wanted to let that game sink in a little bit. Um, need something happier than Persona Five. And that was the other thing is like I want to go back to Persona, but I also am like, yeah, that story's kind of heavy too. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna take a, a a gaming break this week and you know watch some Ducktales and play punk rock with my friends. Um, but uh, thanks for writing in, buddy. Always good to hear from you. Uh, so this next one um, comes from uh, at Parker Deal over on Twitter, our buddy Parker from the Fanatics War podcast, who said, Steve, by the time this podcast airs, you will have already been on Directly to You, and the recording will be up. But right now, you haven't been. So with absolutely, without absolutely any context, make your guess as to whether you'll agree with me versus <laughs> AJ, and you'll find out on Directly to You. Oh. What is I this, a crossover heard. episode? Yeah. Well, I, they, you know, Parker invited me on because he, he messaged me and said, I've just realized I've never been on a show with you. Like, we've been on his show, like me, you and Max were on it and yep. have did an episode without any of them. You've yep. been on it. I think, I don't know if DJ's been been on the on directly to you. Nope. Um, and obviously Parker has been on here and AJ's been on here, but I've never been on an episode with, with Parker ever. Um. But I have no idea what this is about, so we'll, I guess I will find out tomorrow night when I record it, and, and everyone listening will know already. So if you do want to find out what the question was, you can go find out on youtube.com slash, I think slash directly to you, or just search for directly to you on YouTube. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to side with Parker. If it's something to do with Smash or Pokemon, which it is yeah. likely, I'm going to side with Parker. Yeah, that probably Parker. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this next one uh, comes from, uh, again, uh, Trendy Brendy, uh, at Trendy Brendan on Twitter. It says, do you think that Super Bomberman R Online will come to Switch? And if so, do you think it'll come as a free update to the vanilla Super Bomberman R, uh, paid DLC, or just a new game? It's supposedly a timed exclusive on Stadia, so I figured it'd come to other platforms. Wait, it'd come? Oh, yeah, so I figured it'd come to other platforms that Super Bomberman R is already on. So I took a look at the website, and uh, on the actual page for Super Mario Man R Online, Stadia is the only thing listed. But if you go all the way down uh, to the the like note, like you know, um, the footer of the page, you can see that there is uh, copyright information for Nintendo and uh, PlayStation and Steam and Xbox, and uh, you could potentially hand wave that away. Uh, because if you look at the, like, the Bomberman, the Super Bomberman R page, that's not the online skew of it. It has all of those platforms listed, and, you know, this looks to be built on kind of the same framework. Um, but, uh, that makes me think that it will probably come to those other platforms between the fact that there's that, and obviously, to your point, uh, Brandy, it's, like, on all these other platforms anyway, and I also know that Stadia is like a failure, and like, <laughs> doubly I don't, since you know, this week. Yeah, right. Like especially after the news with Microsoft and everything, and that like they're going to be giving everyone who has Game Pass X Cloud um, Stadia is, I think, dead in the water. And 
I don't, you know, nothing against Super Bomberman R online, but I don't think that that's the killer app that saves it either. So you have to imagine that it's a timed exclusive. They're going to take that payday, and then as soon as they can put it on other platforms, they will. So I would have to imagine it'll come to Switch at some point. I hope so. And to answer the other question, like I think they're marketing this as a, as a new game. You go on the Super Bomberman R landing page, and it says "New Game Super Bomberman R Online." So I don't think this will come as DLC. But I could also see them going down the free to play route rather than having to pay for this. Like, come play Super Bomberman R if you want to play offline. Buy Super Bomberman R normal, the same way they they did that with Tetris Ninety Nine. You got on the online version essentially for free via switch online but i could see konami just saying download super bomberman off for free there's a there's a there's a chance that uh having like however much google paid them to have it be a timed exclusive could justify it being free to play when it comes out yeah, you know? true. um but yeah i i don't think it'll be a free update unless that's the case across the board if it's like a you know they're going to release it as its own kind of free spin-off thing. Um, I think it would probably be paid DLC or its own game based on the language that that Steve called out. That's the impression I'm getting anyway. Uh, so this is actually one I meant to ask earlier. This one comes from uh, the Tyler Olson over on our Discord, who's one of our uh, Patreon supporters. He says, with Donkey Kong Country being announced for Nintendo Switch Online, what are some of your bucket list titles that you would still like to be added? <laughs> that list is long. <laughs> um, yeah, I... So let's, like remove licensed games like anything that like you feel like probably can't happen like i think for me the number one is uh is earthbound like i've still never played earthbound i've always really wanted to and i think as much as i wanted to play it on my super nintendo mini like it just was never it just never felt like something i could commit to whereas i think if it was on the switch and i could easily jump in and out of it i'd be way more likely to give it a shot and it's a game i've kind of always had my eye on yeah, I'm thinking. I know this. I at least I think, if I remember correctly, it's on the um, SNES Classic uh, Mario RPG. Yeah, that's a great one too. Yeah, I think there's probably licensing issues with that with Square having made it, which is probably why it never made it. Comes to anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know you said no. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind uh, the Final Fantasy games or uh, the Mana series coming to to it as well. I've never played yeah, those. Um, same as Earthbound, I've never played those. Uh, other than that, I want another console. Yeah. I want a GameCube, or I want uh, N64. I want Game Boy games. I'm, sure. I'm ready for them now. I was just keeping it to Super Nintendo yeah. based on that, but that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, I really do want want some of those other platforms. Like Game Boy is a pl- platform I'm a lot more nostalgic for. Um, so I, I would love to get some of that stuff on there. Uh, so this next one comes from Asobi, who wrote, it, wrote in to me at Pete at Lupots.com, just like you can, and said, Hey there, Pete, Steve, DJ, and Chloe. Here are my questions for this week's podcast. So close. Buddy. See, I so love close. I love what Asobi like, addresses the previous his week. next email to whoever was on the show last week. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, what Nintendo franchise do you feel like is being underutilized by Nintendo and why? Uh for, exa- uh, for example, Donkey Kong hasn't had as many games as it should get. Uh, 1.5 from that franchise. What kind of game would you like to see next? Like, anything like that. Um, I I feel like there are a lot of franchises that Nintendo is underutilizing. Um, but I don't... I think it's... I think it's a mixed thing. Because I think that Nintendo fans have a perception of... Nintendo that often doesn't re- line up with reality. Uh, I think we've se- I've seen a lot of that sentiment this year where people are like saying that like it's a bad year to be a Nintendo fan and Nintendo's failing in 2020 and you know you're entitled to feel that way. Uh, I don't want to like d- d- dismiss anyone's uh, opinions or feelings, but like Nintendo's having an insanely good financial year. So it's one of those things like where uh, I, I I feel like Metroid is probably the best example of this. Where I think Metroid is a franchise that two video gamers you look at as being a big deal and as like this is like a this is a, a huge franchise, you know? Um, cause it has legacy 
but it's never sold very well. And, like, even Zelda, right? Like, Zelda is a legacy franchise that people love, and it has historically not sold great. You know, uh, entries have, like, Ocarina of Time has, you know, sold a pretty good amount of copies, and Breath of the Wild obviously has sold a ton of copies, and um, there are outliers, but, like, most of the Nintendo franchises that we want to see more of, we often don't because they are not super profitable. So it's like, I think that Metroid is a great example of a franchise that is underutilized by Nintendo because I don't think they've made a good Metroid game, you know, um, and not to say that there haven't been any, but they haven't made, like, a uh, a A like, console-selling Metroid game since, like, Metroid Prime and, and that trilogy, really. Um, because, obviously, people were pretty cool on other M. So I've always felt like Metroid fills a niche in Nintendo's um, portfolio that they don't have anywhere else. Where, like, Metroid can be dark. Metroid can be adult. Um, and I think you could easily make, like, a really sick first-person Metroid game that feels like, you know, like a Dead Space kind of experience, you know, where it's very, like, atmospheric and you're just wandering around these creepy open environments and fighting aliens and, you know, all that stuff. Like, I, I feel like Metroid is a game that could totally have, like, AAA mass market, big budget video game appeal, um, but they've just never, not never, but they haven't found a good team for it and they haven't tried to cultivate that kind of game because I don't really feel like they have felt like that's their kind of market, you know? Like, for the last few generations, they've really been focusing on families and, you know, mm -hmm. the casual market. It's the Switch where they've really kind of started courting core gamers again, and it feels like Metroid is so poised for a return, which is why I think people are so eager to see how Prime 4 will turn out. And we see all the people that they're bringing on, and it's like right. people that were on, what was it, people that were on Halo or... Like, just some yeah. crazy, like, stuff that you would expect from, like, exactly what you're saying. Like, a atmospheric, right. darker type of game. and um, like a, Yeah, like, a, it's, oh, this is a AAA first-person shooter. Yeah, I, like, I have a feeling that Prime 4 is going to kick ass. Um, my answer was going to be Star Fox. Like, what do you guys think about Star Fox being under underutilized? Bro, I feel like Star Fox is such a... It's it's stuck in such a rock and a hard between such a rock and a hard place because it's a game that I don't think you can justify it being a sixty dollar game because of what people want out of it. People want it to be an on rails shooter like flight game, yeah. and that inherently doesn't lend itself to being like a twenty to forty hour experience. And I think that's what people want out of something that you charge sixty dollars for. I think Star Fox would be way more comfortable in like a 30 to 40 dollar price range and have it be a game like Star Fox 64 that you can beat in like you know you could beat like four times in a day if you wanted to but the point is playing it over and over again and you know finding new paths and getting higher scores and that kind of stuff and I don't know that the market can support a game like that the thing is though like that that always goes with what was the history of those of those games? Like Metroid Prime was a huge departure from the previous Metroid entries. Why can't they just do something like that with Star Fox? Because I don't think that's else. what people want. You know, like they did that with the the Star Fox game on the GameCube, and people didn't like it. You know, mm. and like there's a fandom for that game, but what people want out of Star Fox is Star Fox, and I think Metroid is a Prime was a departure, but it's not really a departure. Like it's. It's 3D instead of 2D, but it's still a Metroidvania. And I I think that's the problem with Star Fox. It's, like, such a tough thing to serve what people actually want out of it without making it cheap. Mm -hmm. You know, cheaper. Like, making it a budget title. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, there's that Star Wars flight sim game that's coming out, and it's only 40 bucks. Like, I don't – I wish Nintendo would do that, but they don't do that with their right. IP. You know, it's either sixty or go home. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, the Clubhouse Games was like forty dollars. That's real value for money. I'm saying, man, give me yeah, that. I would fair. love that. That's fair. Like, give us a budget Star Fox game. Like, mm -hmm. I really think that would be tight. Did you have one, Steve? Yeah, Waluigi. It's not in anything. 
Like, put him in things. <laughs> Give him his own franchise. Luigi is a Give him his own franchise. Anyway, but I want Warrior games to come back. I want a new Warrior yeah. Land or a Warrior World. Give me Warrior World 2. Apparently there was one on the GameCube that I never it knew about. WarioWare, man. It's a great answer. And WarioWare. The Game last Wario. one was... Game of Wario would be cool, yeah. Bring it back. Dude. Anything with Wario in, I love I love him. They just... He, they give... He's their excuse to do weird shit. Mm-hmm. Like, Ubisoft's yeah. excuse to do weird shit is Far Cry. Wario's Nintendo's. <laughs> and they can just do whatever they want. And they should. should they should make a new WarioWare game for Switch. Also, Punch-Out. Okay. Oh my god, Punch-Out every time. <laughs> Uh, punch out is uh, Pete's so, pikmin it really is it's like <laughs> i really is i love, love punch out man maybe one day um asobi we're gonna skip your second question because we've answered a few about third-party controllers recently um so yeah we're gonna we're just gonna skip that one uh with recent rumors of the xbox one being discontinued as soon as the new consoles drop do you think there's value in keeping older console generations around for a few more years like nintendo did with the 3ds Especially now when there's backwards compat when backwards compatibility is becoming a trend for Sony and Microsoft. Additionally, if the rumors of a cheaper 1080p Xbox Series X are true, then the argument for buying an older generation because it's cheaper won't be an issue anymore either. These aren't just rumors anymore. They were confirmed by Microsoft earlier that they have discontinued the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S Digital Edition. I thought that they then backed off on that and said it wasn't discontinued. No, I, as far as the last I saw, they said earlier today that it was discontinued. The Xbox One S, the one with the disk drive, hasn't been, but the One X and the digital edition of the Xbox One S, which nobody should buy, was discontinued, apparently. <laughs> okay. So, with that, um, I think with the, the Xbox uh, example, I don't think it makes sense um particularly because the xbox one was also not you know super successful console so it's like i think with uh with playstation right it does make sense to keep the playstation 4 on the on the market for a few years because sure the playstation 5 can play ps4 games but it doesn't seem like there's a cheaper skew for the ps5 so if you are someone who buys games late, um, you know there are plenty of people in our audience who don't own a PlayStation Four and have talked about how they're considering buying one now because there's all these great deals. There'll be a, probably a great Black Friday deal this year, and now all of the games that have ever come out on the console are available, and many of them are available for very cheap. So I think a lot of people do that, where they pick up the last gen. You know, the current gen, now last gen console, near the end of its life cycle, play all the exclusives that they missed while there aren't very many compelling exclusives on the next console. And I, I, I think you, uh, you, know, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot if you don't court that market for as long as you can, right? Because, yeah, the PS4 is dead, but you could probably sell it for another year or so before it's really dead. Um, and you want to move those units. You want to get them you know, um, out and make sure that you're not sitting on stock that's left over and, and all those kinds of things. So I think it's it's a strategic move to do so for as long as it makes sense to do so. That's what Nintendo did, right? They sold 3DSs for as long as they could. And as soon as the sales trickled on them, they're like, all right, we're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Xbox in this case is going to have that cheaper version. And right. I think... There's no reason to keep manufacturing so many different uh, versions of a console. So That's a problem the, too. The, they have so many SKUs yeah. already. Mm-hmm. It's like what are they you gonna have add the two one more S. The mix? Yeah, exactly. You got the One S, the One S without a drive, the One X, and then the Xbox Series X, and then possibly the Xbox Series S if they are going to be doing that uh, cheaper version. So you've got five oh, right. different versions of a console that you're manufacturing. It's just not possible to to do that. Um, but I also think that people definitely do what Pete said, which is buy uh, consoles late in their life. Like Sony last generation, I think they did that ultra slim version, you know, the really nasty, mm-hmm. cheap PS3 with the slide cover on top that you like, could put a disc in. And like, yeah. it was just horrible. Um, but I could see them doing another That's version one that of I PS4 got. to like, put the internals in. 
just use the same internals, put it in a drink cheaper case and get them out the door because they probably still got some chips lying around. But Sony also have that Greatest Hits series, which makes all of their games, the best-selling games, super cheap. And I really miss when Nintendo used to do those. They should really bring back. Yeah. <laughs> what was this Nintendo series called? I think they were Nintendo Selects. Nintendo like Selects. They should really bring Nintendo Selects back. Yeah, that would be nice. All right, so this is the uh, the last question we have today before we hop into uh, After Dark, which uh, comes from Left Eye Lazy, who's another one of our Patreon supporters, who says, what's on the docket for this weekend? Ghost of Tsushima or Origami King? Uh, gotta be Ghost of Tsushima, brother. I, you know, I've been talking the last couple weeks about how I've been kind of lukewarm on, uh, on Origami King, and the reviews for it are not uh, really motivating me to check it out. Um, and I, I know a few people who have gotten hands on it and were not super impressed. Like, uh, I believe Chewy was able to play it early and he wasn't super feeling it. Um, so I think like with that, you know, I'm just like, mm, I don't know, man. It just doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's necessarily for me. Uh, whereas, you know, Ghost of Tsushima really seems like exactly what I want right now, where, you know, after The Last of Us 2, um, I kind of want a game that's like a, just a gamey game, and is just like, here, check some boxes, like, go do some stuff. That seems good for me right now. Um, so I'm, I'm willing to have my mind changed, because it's not like the reviews for it are, like, horrible, but... You know, it's it's. Um, they put it at average seven. Seems to be across the board. Yeah, it's got an eighty-one on Metacritic, and I think that some of the reviews that I'm seeing, like, if I'm being honest, like they kind of seem like bullshit. Like ComicBook.com gave it a hundred, and I think that's hugely skewing why it's an eighty-one versus like closer to a seven, um, because that seems insane to call this game a 10 out of 10 based on like what every other like opinion seems to be about it or even the people who like it seem pretty critical of it so i don't i don't know where where are you at with this dj excitement not very um uh, you know i i listen to what people have to say about it and i'm not very well versed in the paper mario series so i can't speak to how it compare or you know i wouldn't be able to speak to how it compares to the original but um just like the disappointment from everybody else is kind of like bumming me out a little bit so I'm, I'm trying to go into it with an open mind and think hey even if i'm not a veteran of the series like is this still a good game is it still fun so that's kind of where i'm at with it uh i do want to point out that um if we're using Metacritic as the barometer, Ghost of Tsushima has an 83. Okay, so they're pretty much on par then. Yeah. So. I'm not planning on playing either of them, by the way. I was going to ask you. Yeah. yeah. I figured. <laughs> It'll be cross-code. <laughs> I'm going to continue to play cross-code. And by the way, I'm on holiday the week after next. And I'm planning on playing Fire Emblem. So I may <gasps> come back with some thoughts on that game for oh, you, Pete. Oh, my God, I really hope you actually do. You know it. what house you're <laughs> You know, I don't trust you at this point because you're a dirty liar oh and you've told God. me so many times you're gonna play it. But I am we'll gonna see. pick the the yellow one, Golden Deer. Uh, yeah. One one more thing I will point out since we were we were kind of uh, comparing the scores and everything, um, Mario has way less reviews right now. It's got 44 positive reviews and nine mixed ones, whereas Ghost has 81 positive and 10 mixed. What is, what is so, like the um, wow. the difference? Like you mentioned, Comic Book gave um, Paper Mario 100. 100. Like, is there any skew like that on Ghost of Tsushima? There's one hundred percent review, mm -hmm. but it's from uh, a site called Gaming Age, and I know that Metacritic skews it based on the size of your yeah. site. So, like, a site like Gaming Age giving it 100 means less than, like, comicbook.com giving it 100. Okay. Um, yeah. So, it's an interesting one. 
But so uh, yeah, going to be playing Ghost. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. And I'm looking forward to hearing DJ's thoughts about Origami King next week because I want to be proven wrong. Are you going to stream any, DJ? Because I might tune in and watch if you are. I'm planning a, a possible Saturday one. So that would be, you know. Do it up, man. Twitch.tv slash Lupots. Yeah, yeah. That might be my debut on the uh, Lupots channel. <laughs> as, as a solo streamer, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Don't act like you haven't been holding down the fort on those Animal Crossing streams. Yeah, I'm there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you're just there. DJ the Content Lewis, <laughs> like he's ever just there. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you all for writing in, uh, especially these last couple weeks when there's been just fuck all going on. It's been really great to uh, be able to answer your questions and keep the show rolling. So thank you again for everyone who wrote in. Uh, remember, if you want to get your thoughts right on the air, just like all these fine folks did, you can write in to me at peteatlupots.com. You can join our Discord and hit up the Potscast channel or uh, head over to our Twitter, at Lupots, and uh, every Thursday we throw up a thread where we ask for questions. Um, so keep it tuned to all those places if you want to get your thoughts right on the air. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you And I'm, I'm going to throw this out there too. Because I think we have a lot of regular writers into the show, and that's awesome. Love hearing from you guys. Um, but if you are a longtime listener of the show and you've never written in before, I'm challenging you this week to write in. Give me, give me your thoughts. Give us a cool question. Um, yeah, we, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your voices. Uh, if you enjoy the show, uh, we'd love to, uh, to have a dialogue with you, and we really appreciate you being here. So, um, again, if you want to connect with us around the web, we're at Lootpots uh, all over the place. Lootpots.com, twitch.tv slash Lootpots, where you can watch DJ's Origami King stream hopefully this weekend. Um, I know I said last week that I would be coming back to stream this week, but Jesus Christ, am I so tired. So this week, going to be the return. I'm going to do that Animal Crossing content uh, because I have not checked out any of the summer stuff yet. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, will be nice to get back and uh, chat with all of you lovelies. So I uh, hope you'll go check all that stuff out. And uh, last but not least, patreon.com slash lootpots, where you can get uh, our Patreon-exclusive show, After Dark, which we're about to hop into right now. So go give us a dollar, listen to our Last of Us 2 discussion, and uh, we'll catch you next week for another episode of the podcast.